It's a hammer. It was here <laughs> next to me. I'm having a moment. Leave me alone. <laughs> Jesus. <Appreciate> Honestly. <laughs> this is Beers with Hallows. Threats, Beers, and Mouths of Bliss. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Beers with Talos. This one is episode 14. We're going to start off today doing something we haven't done in, in over 50, 60,000 downloads, and that's going around the table and kind of giving a quick intro to who each of us are and, and some background there. Uh, we also have an interesting thing we want to do today. We've seen more top tier threats in the last six months or so than we've seen in a very long time in security. So we want to kind of go around and take a stab at ranking those threats. Uh, so it might seem like apples to oranges, but we're going to give it a try anyway. And shockingly, everyone's list is, is different there. We also want to talk a bit about response. We've seen a lot of just boneheaded moves in security response lately. But more importantly, we want to discuss how you should respond to an incident. We also touch on how complexity can kill your organization. Unfortunately for Matt and Nigel's well-being, it doesn't always kill thought leaders. And we'll get to that at the end. Anyway, stick with us. Uh, we have a lot of great content coming up. Hang out for the next hour. Hopefully you learn something, maybe laugh along the way. So today I wanted to do something a little bit different. Instead of just going around the table and, and venting or, or getting something off our chest, something's wrong. It's been a while since we've done this, so I'd love it if everybody could kind of just give an, an overview, a little intro, who you are, what you do at Talos, and, and kind of what your area of expertise is in a couple minutes there. Uh, and then I have a quick question for you. To give a quick example, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Mitch Neff. I work on the outreach team. I handle all of our internal and external comms. That includes a lot of our marketing, PR, things like that, working both with the public and with the larger Cisco org to get the good word of Talos out. My official job title is Master of Lies, so do with that information what you will. Next up, we'll have uh, Craig Williams. Go ahead, Craig. So uh, my name's Craig Williams. I've been doing security research, man, since college at Cisco. And slowly but surely, I keep moving around to different teams and finding myself in strange and interesting situations. These days, I work with the people at Talos. I run the global outreach team. Uh, we've got researchers all around the world, and we do most of the externally facing messaging for Talos. That includes all the conference presentations, lots of white papers. Uh, we work with all the other teams in Talos to try and gather all the intel and put it all together in a nice little package for our readers. And hopefully everybody finds it interesting. Just to be clear, Craig, you're implying that you're going to have a career after Telos, which <laughs> will yeah, not. We already know that we will throw you into Saturn when we're done with That's you. right. We discussed this last week. Uh, yeah. and don't forget about the assassination attempts. I'm sure we're going to insult enough people in today's episodes. Activate the murder phone tree. Craig, true or false, you are patient zero in the robot uprising. <laughs> uh, definitely true. Definitely true. So next up uh, today, we'll go around to Matt. Give us a little background. Uh, my name is Matt Only. I'm the head of threat intelligence and interdiction for Talos, uh, which basically means um, I wait and I don't do anything until something interesting happens. <laughs> and then I make everybody else's life super complicated. Uh, until we're done with that, and then I go back into my hive until the next event. And the problem is, is that there's always an event. <laughs> That's roughly how things are going. Well, then the fun part is, whenever it hits the fan, Matt and I get to meet with strange and interesting lawyers. It's super fun. 
Yeah, I think we peaked this last time, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I hope we peaked last. I don't want to go any higher than that. I met with people who could literally buy and sell me like property. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a, an interesting one. Uh, true or false, Matt? You pee in the shower, and do you care to elaborate? Uh, that's a yes <laughs> one. <for everyone. laughs> I think he, I think he does care to elaborate. Like true, I I I do not need to elaborate. I don't believe. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Maybe he has a a shelf. I don't know. A shelf. It's got a shelf. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we don't need to elaborate. <laughs> I think Mitch wanted pictures or something. I'm not really sure. Ooh, Mitchell. Uh, what, were tonight. Try, what were you thinking you were going to get out <laughs> of this? At the end? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Nigel. Sir. You are next on the list today, sir. Yeah, I'm Nigel. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so I'm a, uh, I'm one of the senior managers here at Talos and uh, the, the only reason it's senior is because I have lots of senior moments apparently and uh, kind of ramble off and forget what I'm talking about and who I'm talking to and you know most of the time because I just don't care but um, other than that I get to look after all the operations uh, that Talos has and I also get to um, look after our vulnerability development team who are amazingly good at what they do. Um, and also I do many other things as they crop up and mostly Matthew Olney's partner in crime when we're up to nefarious things. Yeah. Nigel, true or false? Yes. Warren is going to cry this weekend when your mighty reds flatten the Newcastle football he club. He is going to sob like a little child who just lost <laughs> his ice cream cone. I am telling you, there's going to be rivers of tears from that boy, and I shall be happy to drink those salty tears of sadness. <laughs> I actually want to see this. Could this happen, so, please? So true. Are you going to grind his parents up into a chili? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this. I may need to do that as well, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Joel. That leaves you, sir. Hey, everybody. <laughs> My name is Joel Lessler, and I'm coming down with the plague, and uh, I don't want to die today. So True or false? Did you get that flu shot? No. <laughs> don't. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I figure I'll be, I'll be fine after this. Um, I, I run a multitude of things at uh, Hallows. Um, I run open source. Can we club? The Glee Club. Actually, I think that's Olney's job. True story. Um, I run open source. I run design. I run uh, web. And I run education. Joel, Joel is literally other duties as assigned. Correct. And, and, <laughs> and also, <laughs> whatever Matt tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> because randomly, that comes up quite frequently in our office. Hey, Joel, can yeah. you tell? Yes, I got it, buddy. I'm on it. Pig farm, that guy, no. no I got it. <laughs> see, you don't have to have a pig farm. You just have to know somebody that does. See? No, that's why we're all friends with Anthony Greco. Oh. <laughs> so it's it's like having a boat. It's like better to have a friend with a pig farm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine the smell? Yeah, you don't you don't ever own a boat yourself. Definitely. You have a friend that has one. Hi, Marty. What on earth is Nigel waving in front of the camera? What is that? I don't know. What is that? It's a hammer. 
It was here <laughs> next to me. I'm having a moment. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> Honestly. We, should, we should probably so, explain to the listeners that, that this morning we're actually doing coffee with Palos instead of beers because it's, it's 9 a.m. my time. I guess it's yeah. like 8 a.m. Yes, it is 8 a.m. Central time. Shiny yeah. 8 a.m. I went to sleep last night at 8.30. Like it's... You went to sleep last night at 8.30 for the second time. Yeah, that's true. I was asleep on my couch at about four yesterday in the office. Well, related, true, false, Joel, uh, your boy Chippa huffs only gold metallic spray paint because it's, quote, classier. I love gold metallic spray paint. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, it is, Chippa. <laughs> You're going to have to edit all of that out. <laughs> it just doesn't get unfunny, though. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love it when Mitchell has can more we, hey, to do. Hey, can we do it once more, but you use uh, random fruits and place a swear word so that we can actually use the edit? <laughs> yeah, I could talk about you <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, 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 fruit. <laughs> 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 I think Mitch is gonna die. Oh, Mitch is gonna die. <laughs> He's been fing a bunch of. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> Poor Mitchell. Oh, I'm gonna have to edit yeah. so much of that out. <laughs> hey, at least you have a long flight yeah. today to work on it. Hey, Mitch. Yeah. I need like a crisis intervention from the team. Uh, we're here to help, Matt. So, yeah, hold on. Something happened the other day to me that I need to help processing because I'm 43. Yeah, nothing in my life prepared me for this moment. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the other day. The other day, I ended up at the uh, gastroenterologist, and uh, oh my! Uh, did you have a Family Guy moment? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you sure uh, did. But, but, yeah, right. <laughs> so we're not going to get like way into what happened. Thank God. <laughs> but uh, so here's the here's the part that 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 I could not handle and did not know what to do. So, spoiler for those of you who don't know, at the end of the examination. Uh, there's two people in the room and they have different amounts of clothes on. And I was on the short end of the stick this time. So I was quickly putting on my clothes and I stand up perhaps faster than he was expecting me to. And as I stand up, the gloves that he had used for the examination are passing over my head as he sinks a 10 footer into oh, the no. garbage can on the far side of the office. <laughs> And I look at him and I said, nothing at all, because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And we stand there for like 20 seconds. Nice. And finally, he kind of motions towards the door and he's like, well, let's go to the office and talk about it. <laughs> I was I don't know. I don't know what I was. Did you to actually say. get hit in the head? No, with the it, just, it just missed me over the top of the head. Shit, close. I love it. I was hey, just at like, least it didn't get on you. No, that's the important part. No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, however, I, I gotta say, if he sank a ten foot jumper with a with a pair of latex gloves, that's that's actually rather impressive. Like, yeah. I don't think they would have like a good good carry when you you, you toss them. 
I'm thankfully he I guess has done this before. <laughs> like that's his <laughs> signature doctor bro move. I thought you I thought you were going to say you you know you you got up a little quick and uh you know things dropped off and stuff kind of poked out and he took a quick little lick. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on over there? <laughs> know what I mean? Just like one of those but no. Right. No, shit glove to the so, head. So I I think that conversation went on like 10 seconds longer than it probably should have. <laughs> well, I, if you want to be more technical, I think this conversation has gone on 13 episodes longer. <laughs> than it probably oh, is. definitely 13 <laughs> episodes too long, for sure. Yeah. So, um, Matt, you asked us, uh, we're asking around last week, and we've been asked this from a few other folks as well. Uh, we were sitting at dinner, uh, the whole outreach team here in Austin, and you sent a message and we're asking us to to rank um, a set number of threats that we had seen this year. And it feels like we've seen just a, an inordinate amount of kind of higher profile threats coming down the pipe this year. Just lots. And, and, you, and you wanted us to rank uh, a few of these in order. And I want to kind of go around and get everybody's take on that. Wait, so did the we threats skip the that, round table? That was the intro and the true false. Do you have do you have something on your chest there? Oh, my God. Leave that in, Mitch. Leave that in. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about some of the uh, the CXO themes, but I can wait to the end. Well, you've already got the train horn, so, you know, you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to talk about, you know, responding to incidents and why it's important uh, and, you know, coordinated <laughs> disclosure. That's weird because I'm looking at the show notes that Mitch put together, and there's clearly a place for how to not respond to an incident after all of this stuff. Like, it's like you thought it had. <laughs> and you laid I was out just going to let it go. <laughs> oh wait no i see it and he's sitting in the notes <laughs> he sends out that meeting invite with the link to this show notes so that you know kind of what order things are going to happen ladies and gentlemen i just ladies and gentlemen that listen to this podcast you now understand what we have to deal with on a weekly basis <laughs> Holy shit, daily basis please, please send us more liquor <laughs> yes yes bourbon and rye is always appreciated little irish for the coffee this morning you can find me on Drizzly. Anyway, Mitch, back on topic, please. Thank you. So the threats that we were looking at there, <laughs> um, ranking these threats, I'll give them to you in alphabetical order to not influence any anyone's opinions here, were SeaCleaner, Deloitte, Equifax, uh, Netya, the SEC, Shimon 2, and WannaCry. Let me kind of like lay out kind of what, what the original ask was. So <clears throat> Dave Maynard and I were talking, and for those who don't know, um, we just kind of wrapped up the end of fiscal year for Cisco. We were going over how the last few months were, were nuts and wanted to get, all I asked was, and I, and I sent this to a bunch of different people and I put it out on Twitter. All I asked was, which of these, you know, rank these in order of importance. And I didn't provide any guidance as to how to grade importance. So you, we got a lot of different responses, but that was kind of the essence of the question was, you know, what of these were the most important events? We should probably give a quick one-sentence description in case people aren't super familiar with them. So CCleaner, uh, basically a backdoored updater system that compromised uh, potentially a couple million people. Uh, Deloitte, data leakage, I think the scope of it's still not completely fully understood. Suffice to say, pretty bad. Equifax, probably the largest uh, leak of people's personal information, including social and credit info. I think they said it affected 130 million people. Uh, Netya was a Wiper malware attack launched against Ukraine uh, affected, according to Reuters, 80% of all machines in Ukraine. 
So super bad, wiped a lot of computers. Um, SEC, you know, insider trading, millions of dollars. Uh, Shamoon 2, an attack against the oil industry, uh, somewhat limited. I don't believe we saw a single Cisco customer affected. Uh, but, you know, APT, advanced malware, so still concerning. WannaCry, of course, was the first piece of ransomware that was distributed via network vector. Uh, but for whatever reason, the attackers built in a kill switch, so it was only active for a small number of hours. Unfortunately for us, though, it was easily modifiable, and some variants did come out that were not kill switchable. You guys want to add to that? No, that was pretty good. That was average. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. I'll do better next time. I think, I think, so, I think, my, favorite, so I think my favorite part of this was that uh, uh, this week the outreach team met up in, in Austin uh, for their annual uh, shindig. And I got to, I, I, this conversation happened fairly late at night. So I got to basically send a message to them as they were out at the bar and said, you know, Hey, you guys argue with each other at the bar and then tell me what your thoughts are on the order for this. Mm-hmm. And the message I got back from Craig was everyone's drink, drunk and arguing. We win. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was right. I bet Warren had opinions, <laughs> uh, but we did put those in order. The team did uh, end up putting those in order from from least to greatest in terms of impact, importance, or um, something we've learned from that. Uh, like like Craig mentioned, uh, Shimun too. There wasn't really a, a large Cisco customer impact that was you know in any way discernible. So that was of least importance to us. Uh, in terms of damage, WannaCry also ranked low on the list. Um, you know, it was, it was ransomware with a network vector, but again, it was quick lived. So that kind of made it kept it lower on the list. But then SEC and Deloitte, uh, and then increasing importance, we come to the to the more recent threats we had with CCleaner, Nyetya, and Equifax. Equifax topping the list because again, that's you know, there's millions of individuals involved here and their private information, personal information uh, is is now breached. Um, Matt, you had uh, a slightly different list if you wanted to and you came up with this question so how about we get your order so yeah so i had a uh, from least to most shamoon to wanna cry sea cleaner sec equifax deloitte and Nyetia. and you know it's one of those things where uh where the the definition of why something's important uh, is critical and so I had uh, Nietzsche at the top. And what I would say is we have asked a couple of other people. And so like Adam, who has on my team, who has a great deal of national security experience, also put Nietzsche at the top. And so I think what, what our thoughts were discussing this was that was a national security incident for Ukraine that what we stand by our assessment that it was a politically motivated event. Uh, that event knocked out, did hundreds of millions of dollars worth of damage. The attack lasted two and a half hours. Um, and there was no penalty for the political actor who initiated that attack. And I think that's the piece that concerned me is that we haven't yet found a way globally to disincentivize um, nation state actors for certain kinds of activities. And my concern is there was this, for Ukraine, devastating attack. Um, if it had been targeted more globally or if it had been instituted differently, it would have been much more widely 
damage. But it's only because it was targeted at the Ukraine specifically that it wasn't. And since we haven't found a way to, to cause, to give the actors a reason not to participate in that activities, we anticipate that those activities will continue. That from that perspective, that's why that was critical. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that, you know, this was really the first uh, cyber weapon where they took steps to make it look like standard ransomware. Um, so, you know, I, I think who was behind it not only knew that they were going to get caught, but they wanted to give that, you know, plausible deniability, even if it wasn't super thorough. That's fair enough. We had seen actually mid-attack um, in some events that we didn't talk about the actors switching from traditional wiper malware to ransomware. Because from an actor perspective, there's no functional difference between a wiped disk and an encrypted disk. It is useless to the attacker um, in both circumstances. So their, their ends are, are achieved either way. Certainly, the, you're, you're right. Certainly, the use of the encryption piece and the criminal malware element definitely muddies the waters. So one of the other one of the other things that kind of pushed up that list is is we I actually put Deloitte as as super critical in terms of it. and it's difficult to to correctly gauge some of these events because we don't we don't have all the information and and don't fully understand anything but if you have if you have an understanding of of the kind of organizations that Deloitte supports and the kind of information that Deloitte um, exchanges with those inform- those organizations. Uh, reports as of the last time I looked were the actor had control of an email server um, at Deloitte was able to monitor the email. And so in terms of knock-on effect, like what an actor could leverage uh, to do future damage based on those, that information, that's why I rank Deloitte so critically. Um, it, because the potential to do further harm based on the information that they found is very, very high. And, and then I had Equifax so as my top three. So that's, you know, self-evident i would like to point out real quick before we go to to joel and nigel here that uh craig has doomed the outreach team just a few minutes ago by tweeting (laughs) thanks to everyone at tower security outreach today is the end of our first global team meeting where no one ended up in the er oh hashtag winning (laughs) enjoy your flight mitchell paying attention to what you're doing why would you do that so I think we should talk about what happened last time real quick, just so people understand. Well, hold on. Let's, we'll get to that in a second. Actually. <laughs> Let, let's go back to Joel and, and Nigel and get their take and their, on their list here. Uh, Joel, are you still among the living? So <clears throat> I, uh, I actually put Equifax uh, as the highest. So my control group for this was my wife, right? So I asked my wife, I'm like, you know, out of all these things that have happened, you know, out of the ones you know about, because my wife has absolutely nothing to do with computers at all in her job. And uh, out of all these things that you know about, or you've heard me talk about, or you've read in the news and stuff like that, which one do you think has the most significant impact? And she said Equifax. Because, and, and, I, and, I, and I tend to agree, because we don't know what the impact of Equifax is going to be yet, right? We don't know how, how widespread that is. We don't know how many people it affects. Um, we don't know how many countries it affects. You know, there's definitely people in the UK that are affected by this, not just in the United States. Um, and so the, and the second one I had was Netya. And the way that I kind of compared it to Equifax was Netya was an attack on the supply chain. And it was probably to date 
the largest attack on a supply chain, at least the one that had the most impact. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I think it's the one that kind of had the most the the most impact, the one that kind of had the largest um, widespread destruction, that kind of thing. But it was only limited to people that either are in the Ukraine or do business with the Ukraine, right? It wasn't uh, a global, I mean, it was a global event, but it didn't affect literally everyone. And I don't think Equifax did either, but I think in, in, in terms of top of mind, in terms of presence, in terms of the layman knowing what was going on, I think Equifax is more present in in their minds than it, than it is for us. So, you know, I, I always uh, uh, talk with this group about, um, you know, sometimes people have blinders on or people kind of read things through the scope of a internet security person. And it's, you know, these, um, you, you have to remember that, you know, not everyone reads, uh, you know, our blog or not everyone what? reads no. the news uh, for computer security. Not everyone understands these things. Right. So, and that's kind of the, the perspective that I have on things is which one is the kind of the biggest impact on the layman. Right. So, and, I, and I'm not, I say layman with love. I'm not insulting anybody, but um, <clears throat> my third one was Deloitte. And to be honest with you, I kind of feel bad for Deloitte um, in in a weird way because you guys know, and we've seen this over and over again, when something happens to a particular company, it's like there's blood in the water, right? You know, you follow my Twitter feed or you look at my Twitter feed and you see all these people that are, you know, using Shodan to just scan the hell out of out of Deloitte. And it's just like, you know, these guys have had it bad enough. And yes, and, you know, now you're exposing all this other stuff that they need to, you know, fix. And that's great. But is it, you know, is it, is it helpful to these people? So I don't know. It's, I kind of, like I said, I kind of feel bad for Deloitte. I think that had a bigger impact in terms of accounting, in terms of um, people affected than CCleaner did. And that, and, and CCleaner is my next one down. Um, again, CCleaner was an attack on supply chain. Um, we still don't know, I think the entire ramifications of this and who's responsible for it. Um, but it was certainly big news for us and it was big news in the computer security industry, but it wasn't that big of a deal to people that are not in this industry. So that's kind of why I put that there. And then, um, Shamoon 2 was next and SEC was after that. And, and the reason why I put SEC at the bottom is because I don't think people understand what happened to SEC. I don't think it received a lot of coverage. I don't think that uh, people care as much. And it's not to say that they shouldn't. I'm just saying that I don't think they do. But Shamoon 2 was, was big in terms of uh, in the computer security industry. It was huge to certain vendors. It was... Um, you know, it, but I don't think it had a global impact like, you know, some of these other did. And that's kind of why I ranked it kind of at the bottom. Matt, did you want to go over Adams? You included his list. It's it's roughly in line with mine. I think the thought process was roughly the same. I think what I'd like to kind of talk about is a couple of ones that we got from people outside of our org that we, we asked about. Okay, well, let's get Nigel's and then we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Sir Nigel. So what I did was basically... Um, I basically copied Joel's and then just changed the order a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I used the same words from the list I was given, but yeah. I didn't put them in the same order. Correct. So it's roughly the same. That's right. Yeah. And change them to slightly off color names. Well, well you know. it's actually, it's actually funny because a lot of your stuff matches directly up with it does a lot of it. I think you had a really interesting take on it, though, Joel. So, I mean, I thought 
I, I took it from the standpoint of, you know, the, the um, people, you know, how it affected people, I think. Um, and obviously, uh, she was at the bottom of this list because stupid, <laughs> it's not a stupid name. There's no way that, you know, it should be, should be useful at all. And after that, the uh, one shit stuff, um, again, because it, it didn't affect the America. Well, I guess a little bit of the America, but not a whole lot. Uh, and then the uh, sea titles, which really I thought that would have been a lot more important from the standpoint of um, this is a supply chain attack, right? So, um, you know, it was a a, a way of uh, affecting a lot of people. And had they done it a little better, I think it would have affected way more people than it actually did. Um, I think there, the, the, there's a reaction to that that I think we should probably talk about later. But anyway... Uh, and then the uh, SEC, followed by uh, Deloitte, and then... It should, um, should be clear that Nigel's going from least I to... I am indeed going from to, least to most important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so SEC and Deloitte, then uh, Niet... And then at the top, the uh, Equi... <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> because that just that affected way too many... So I want to... like an entire segment where we just give <laughs> Nigel random words and he gives him, this is the word I would use for that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the weirdest thesaurus of all time. <laughs> well, you know, I usually have to, side point here, but I usually have to make up words for things because I can't remember what the actual word is. So it's easier for me <laughs> if I do other other stuff and then I can remember that, right? It is actually true. Nigel goes, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter Correct. what it's actually called. So yeah. we got some some responses in, Matt. Yeah. You, you, on the Twitters. Look, on the Twitters. On the Twitter machine. On oh. the tweetsers. Uh and there's a couple of it. So again, just to be to be to be clear, um, we didn't we didn't provide any guidance as to how to assess for importance. So it's it's interesting seeing different people. One of the earliest one we got was from uh, at Harold Smith three R D who basically just said Equifax is by far the number one, uh, noting it has destroyed knowledge-based authentication completely. And then what, what I thought... That's an interesting point. ...was interesting that we got... Yeah, I thought that was, you know, especially from the U.S. Um, US perspective. It's also worth noting that that is a fake account. It's actually a bot. So we, we ignored it and moved on, right? <laughs> They're <laughs> all bots, unless I know otherwise. We also got one... From Secure Utah, and the one that from from at Secure Utah, and, and what was interesting about that is they went greatest to least and had one a cry at the top, mm. and uh, Nietzsche and Sea Cleaner at the bottom. And again, so we didn't have a discussion about um, what it was, but but here's the thing about here's what this kind of points out something that was interesting because we we all did our list, and when I was talking to to some of you, I pointed out that um, from one a cry. In each of your cases, you had, I think, four or five events as more important than WannaCry. And WannaCry only happened in May. And I was like, if I had gone back, so it was May 11th. So if I had gone back to May 14th, so that following, I think, Monday, and said, hey, WannaCry was exciting, right? In the next five months, there will be four or five events more critical than what you just went to. What would you have thought? (laughs) Because we were exhausted. I mean, that was an exhausting event. I mean, it was incredible. And to think, you know, now looking back that that wasn't even, that it doesn't even crack the top three of any of ours is, is nuts. 
And then finally, at Slazer2AU, had Nieti at the top, then WannaCry, then SEC, then CCleaner, and then Equiquax. And then he was like, not sure about the other two, haven't seen much about him, which is a good call out if you don't have the background information. So a lot of different ways to look at it, a lot of different perspectives. Um, it would be definitely U.S.-centric in terms of kind of this, you know, not random poll that we did. Um, so Equifax is, of course, going to rank higher. Didn't have a chance to reach out to some of our, say, European or Asian counterparts to get their sense of things. But the essence of it is, holy crap, what a last six months. Yeah, it's been a it's been a great year. I can't remember any other time, any other year where we've had this many things in, in a twelve month, you know, period. Never mind, you know, a few like six months, right? Well, and I think the other takeaway from this is like if you look at how the threat landscape works, uh, we're a bunch of copycats, mm-hmm. right? And I'm concerned that now that Netya was so amazingly successful at impacting the economy and causing hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. Other countries and other funded groups are going to see that and say, hey, why don't we try that and use it to do things like destabilize economies so that they can take advantage of markets. Uh, so it's, it's super concerning. We saw a lot of the same things near the top of the list. And those things, you know, Equifax, Nietzsche, CCleaner, those uh, and, and Deloitte, I mean, those are all very different kinds of things. Nietzsche and CCleaner uh, share some similarities. And to your point, Craig, I mean, are we going to see more supply chain type attacks? I think absolutely, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and let's be clear here. I think, you know, one of the things we just went over the list, we didn't really explain why, I don't think. Uh, I think the reason there's so much uh, controversy around how severe CCleaner, NetYet, Equifax, SEC, and Deloitte is, is we don't have all the data. Right. Right? Uh, I think we have a lot of the data for Equifax. Basically, everything was stolen. Yeah, you, can't, uh, you but, couldn't hide you the know. Equifax one. I mean, not least, right. you know, not for very long, right? Yeah, and then there's NetYet. We knew everything was destroyed. Uh, but CCleaner and Deloitte and SEC are a little bit more fuzzy, mm-hmm. right? With CCleaner, we don't know how many companies we're targeting, right. right? We have a ballpark idea. We got some of the servers. We know we didn't get all the servers. We have no idea what they were actually after. We can mm-hmm. guess intellectual property given the company's targeted. But we really don't know. And we don't know what that's going to be used for. Uh, mm-hmm. So presumably industrial espionage, it could have a real serious impact, but it won't be clear that it was necessarily from the CCleaner attack. Right. So I think that one's going to be hard to predict. Definitely. You know, I, mean, in the future. I think it's also worth noting that, yes, that one um, it has a higher profile, but there, were, there has been many other supply chain attacks uh, recently that we that we know about, which, you know, just don't get the same amount of publicity. You know, thinking about the the, right. the Diango one, for example, um, you know, doesn't get anywhere near the same publicity, but could have potentially a much wider impact. Right. Well, and the Python one yeah. and then. Weren't there some in the, uh, the app store? Yep. Uh, I mean, it's, it seems like something that's definitely trending. I think attackers are looking at it and figuring out that, hey, you know what, if I can find a way in, I immediately get, you know, 100,000 machines or something, and I don't there expose myself zero at all. infections in the app store. There were no infections in the app store at all. Okay, Apple's okay. We okay. love Apple. Just okay. had to throw that gratuitous defense Apple, Apple, in Apple advocate. <laughs> I just pictured no. Joel diving in with his shield, deflecting from Apple. <laughs> Joel Essler, Apple apologist. So, so as much. So, I, what I would say is, um, the story of 2016 was the rise of ransomware. Right? That was. It, it, it was certainly earlier that ransomware was here, but, but when it really got everybody's attention was in 2016. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say the story of 2017 was Equifax or WannaCry or Deloitte. Right. And I think I would agree with Craig 
or I would believe Craig would agree, the story of 2017 is the rise of supply chain attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the scariest development um, that that we've seen for a while. So the the rise of um, ransomware, that's an actor choice, right? In the sense that after the compromise, the actor then has the choice to deliver whatever payload he wants. The supply chain attack is a change in actor targeting and methodology that has a whole lot of knock-on concerns and eliminates a number of protective um, technologies that are available to the defender because it bypasses all your firewalls and your email gateways and your web gateways and, and delivers right onto the box that's the target a piece of malware, and then the defender gets to begin acting. And, and let's not that's forget a with scary change in terms of, of, of the landscape. And let's, let's point out, too, that in the case of CCleaner, the attackers were actually able to get the certificates and sign the malware. So even if you're sophisticated, even if you're a security guy, and even if you validate the hashes, it's not, a, it's not a sure thing, right? The attackers can get in and compromise those build systems. Yeah, I mean, if that, if that system, you know, is you get the right system and you can't compromise it thoroughly, then all of those signing techniques are also compromised, right? So you've got to be super careful with those, you know, if you're the supplier anyway. Um, and, and like I say, once, it's, once you have control of something, the build system, you're building something, you build in your own piece of malware and you sign it just as you were the, uh, the actual supplier. I mean, the, how are you going to find that, right? By... You know, we tell people, sure, download things, check it. You know, if there's a, a, a if it's signed, that's that's a good thing. Well, you know, it doesn't always mean it's safe. Well, and a, a big piece of the security equation is based around trust. Yeah, and <clears throat> if you trust a vendor, you trust that certificate. You're you're assuming that they have everything together on their end. Um, and once that trust has been exploited or or breached, and there is an incident. A lot of um, what we've seen, we've seen a lot, a bit, a large delta in, in responses to these incidences. Incidences? And you, to these no, incidents. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> we've seen a, a, a large delta in, in the responses uh, to these incidents from these vendors. Um, some better, some worse, some abjectly terrible and should never be repeated. Craig, you wanted to, you mentioned that a little bit earlier. I don't know if you want to take off on that. Yeah, you know, I just, I think it's important, to, you know, and I was talking with Wachinski about this yesterday, our glorious leader, uh, and, and he was, well, he might not have been joking, but we, we were discussing how uh, we could almost have a class as part of IR services, how to respond to an incident. Because the reality is, when you see companies that have a mature response process, it's very different from companies that don't really play in security, that just kind of dabble. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting on in how that impacts how they're viewed. Uh, and how the security industry respects them, and really even how their how their uh, incident plays out in the press. Uh, and so, you know, let's let's look at our Voldeb process, right? I think that's pretty advanced. You know, we will reach out to companies, we will work with them, we will hold their hands. Sometimes we'll even provide proof of concept code to show them how bad the bug is. And I would say probably nine times out of ten, the company responds positively. And Nigel, am I accurate there? Keep yeah. me honest. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's like it. And, and I think there is a place for advising companies on how to respond, right? It's kind of like you think about all the politicians that do various things. They have advisors who tell them 
you know, advise them how they should respond to certain things, right? You know, if they're, they've done something, maybe like they sending pictures to someone they probably shouldn't, you know, <laughs> things like that. They have a, a whole bunch of people telling them how to respond to that, right? Because you know, you, you've got to say something and it, and should be the right thing. I mean, ideally you wouldn't do it in the first place, but you know, it happens. And and so you have so to have some kind of breach, response. I think the right, right way to deal with it would be to acknowledge what it is, be very honest about the potential severity of the situation, offer some sort of remediation yep. information if that's possible. And then that's it, right? There's yeah. nothing you can say beyond that that's going to help. Uh, and in fact, if you try to downplay it, it just sends the wrong message. Let's be honest here. A cover-up is a better story than making a mistake, right? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets hacked. Uh, it, it's, it's going to happen, right? I mean, what's the, what's the little quote we say? It's not a matter of if, but when, and when are you going to detect it? Uh, if you try to pretend that it didn't happen, or if you try to pretend that, you know, it was uh, something you shouldn't worry about, that is just sending the wrong message to the public and it's really irresponsible and it's going to cause the industry to turn on you. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think those are things that's really important. And I also think it's important that if a company is trying to help you, that you work with them, right? Uh, especially if it's something that you were completely unaware of, you know, and so, you know, like, like say for Cisco, for example, if someone comes to us and says, Hey, uh, we found a bot here and here. Uh, can you clean it? We absolutely will. I mean, you know, we realize that these things happen. We're not going to get lawyers to threaten you and like try and uh, force you to stay quiet. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, that's something that would happen 10 or 20 years ago. And it's just not productive. Oh. Joel, are you okay? I feel great. <laughs> sound like it. Joel, I want to, I just want to call out the quality of your contributions for this podcast have been really awesome. on point. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I should have the plague more often. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Matt, do you have anything you want to, to add on the how not to respond topic? No, except for the fact it stepped on a bit. I was trying to come up with where we were sponsored by like a really bad communications company. <laughs> they gave super horrible advice during critical incidents and just did all the things that we've watched companies and organizations do over the past few years. And it's not just, it's not just incidents. It's, uh, it's how companies respond when, whenever anything doesn't go their way, whether it's uh, a security breach or Nigel calls them to tells them that we've discovered a vulnerability in their product. It's just like, there's a grown up way. Uh, there's a maturity uh, there's a mature way to deal with it, or you can act like a six-year-old and, you know, it just, it doesn't look good. And generally speaking in this industry, I think Nigel's right. The truth will out and, uh, people will judge you based on how you, how you respond to the difficulties that you're in. Yep. You know, I think it's also important to note that just to give generic advice for companies when bad things happen, try and get everything out in one informational update. The worst yeah. thing you can do is put out periodic updates and keep updating it and keep updating it and keep updating it, um, especially when everything gets worse and worse I don't know that I agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. Well, I'm not saying suppress the information. I'm saying be honest from the beginning that you don't know how severe it is. Yes. Uh, don't say not a big deal. Nothing to see here. Well, yeah, but that's not what you said. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. That's not even close to what you said. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what you're talking about there is don't change, don't change the story with each update is what you're saying, right? You know, you want to, you want to try and get the, the honest, the, get the honest story out as much as you can. And then you add pieces to that, but you're not changing that story. Right. Right. So yeah. for example, if somebody came out with a story that said absolutely nothing happened, ignore this, 
uh, and then say three days later came out with one saying, oh, it was an APT. Um, right. Completely contradictory information, especially if you have people on Twitter saying that it was never going to happen, that it was absolutely nothing to worry about. Um, you know, when that kind of thing happens, not only does it really undermine confidence in your brand, but it really makes the company itself look like it doesn't have its facts together, uh, which is, you know, not not great. So to, so to restate, right. like, I think I think maybe you laid out your argument or your initial thought a little a little differently. I think what you mean is don't make statements that that you cannot factually back. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do make statements like that, you need to caveat them heavily. Um, if you, if you have no indication that something was stolen, you can't be like nothing was stolen because you're not done with your investigation yet. And we all know that, that the attacker had time to do stuff at this time. We have no indication, blah, blah, blah is minimally acceptable. Um, but certainly at the conclusion of your communications, as we've done, as we've started to do in these larger events, Craig, on our blog, uh, we know this is our understanding at this time, right? The investigation continues. We will update this as we learn more. I think it's. Inc- I think it is critical um, to get information out quickly. I haven't seen a event where uh, a company said, "Hey, six months ago we discovered we were breached, and we're now notifying you." Where that's ever gone well, like where that <laughs> ever, where everyone was like, "Oh, okay, this all makes sense," because you immediately start the conversation off. Uh, in in a bad well, way, and security researchers are like a are like a pack of dogs too. Because like you know, you, you, if that what you just said happens, man, they come out of the friggin' woodwork. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you told you know. So yeah, and to be just, clear, I'm not I'm not saying delay it. I'm just you know, Matt put it very well. Don't say one thing if you're not confident about it, right? If you have no information that says it's something you should ignore, don't say that, right? Do the responsible thing and say we don't know the severity. You know, obviously, if an attacker is going to compromise a system and deploy malware, they're not just doing it for the fun of it, right? For reference, please see our blog post on conveying doubt on blog.talisintelligence.com. Yes. And I think that, Craig, that goes back to, to what you had kind of originally used to, to bring this up, and that's the trust factor. And obviously, if there's there's been a breach of trust, you know, the, the supply chain gets owned. Don't make it worse and destroy what's left of that trust by putting out misinformation or oh yeah not giving out all the information that you have uh, in, in hopes of making it seem better or kind of put a rose-colored mm-hmm. tin on it mm-hmm. I, I just thank you for reminding me to make my last point you know i think when this does happen and if you are going to put out and update information you know make sure that your information is consistent don't on a blog on one place say that x happened and then on another place say y happened um that's PR 101, right? Get your message down. Make sure that it's clear. Make sure that it's not downplaying anything. Make sure that it's factual. In places where it's not based on fact, make that very clear. Um, Are you referencing something specific, Craig? Or you just he may be making a general <laughs> statement. Just just standard <laughs> best practices, Joel. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and so here here's a way to think about it. So my first thing would be like, don't be clever, right? Don't because there will be people. There will be people talking to you as the decision maker about how to do this that will give you clever things to say, that will spin words, that will kind of hide the truth or maybe underplay things or come up with some markety or PR way to say things. But let's let's go to the fundamental reason that you're having to talk, that you have to disclose this. This is an event that challenges your organization's trust. This event will, to some extent, 
undermine the trust people have in you because you've had a security breach and they now question whether they're going to do business with you. The goal of the PR should not be to, to minimize or hide that. The goal to that PR should be to address the trust issue. And you don't build trust by misleading or underplaying things. You build trust by being transparent and open and updating consistently and being truthful. So that's what you need to be thinking about when these events things. Your natural instinct will be to hide and to cover up and to, to, to mislead. And that is not what you should do. You need to go against your instincts and be forthcoming and truthful and transparent. All right, now that we've beaten that horse again. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's something that obviously needs to be said. It doesn't seem to be getting better all the time. The horse is dead. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if we look at some of the, you know, the main breaches we saw earlier, like uh, at, you know, the large data brokers, very uh, clear that some of them could have taken a little bit of advice. I thought we were done. Yeah, literally, you just said stop beating the horse and then you kicked it. <laughs> and then you kept on going. Stop. It, it. was my turn. <laughs> next one. Next topic. Next topic, Mitchell. Let me keep you on task. Craig loves horses. Do we want to talk about any of the other, uh, you know, Adobe? Uh, yeah, I, I think you want to talk about Adobe. I think that's been wonderful. Yeah, but the, oh, all right. So the Adobe one. Let's, let's not overplay what it was, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I, don't. I think the Adobe one was, was, was complete. Somebody just clicked a button and yeah. made just a complete human error. Yeah. And, and honestly, not a huge deal because it's something no. you can fix very quickly. Yeah, I and agree. it's a new key. Well, it's even less of a deal because the cert was only valid for like a day. Yeah, so like there's a new, a new key and immediately posted Let's it. Let's explain what happened. Nope, we're not going to explain. <laughs> All right, let's explain. That's fine. We get yelled at when we don't explain. Okay, so basically uh, Adobe updated their product security uh, incident response team's blog with what should have been their public PGP key. Um, due to human error, presumably someone accidentally pasted both their public and private key, rendering the entire point of the key useless. Uh, now, the thing that was good for Adobe here is that it was a brand new key, right? Normally with a PGP key, you're going to want to have people sign it. You're going to use it in lots of places, and so then if it leaks out, uh, people can have access to your encrypted things. In this case, because it was only good for like a day or two, probably not lots of stuff encrypted with it, very minimally uh, impact, presumably. But, you know, my takeaway from this, and what I think is important for people to realize, is that, number one, people need to understand what they're doing, right? It's very possible that the person who accidentally posted this didn't really understand the difference between a public and a private key. And so I think that's an easy error to make. But once you understand the difference between the two key types, it's a very difficult mistake to make. I guarantee this is what happened. Somebody cut a private key. They gave it, they put it in, uh, they put it in a ticket for the web, the web team to update the website. And then the web team copied and pasted what the heck was in the ticket and put it in the friggin' uh, on the, on the, you know, on the CMS and push publish. And, you know, so... It's a human, human error. Oh, well. I, I do know that is like a nightmare scenario for me because like every time like I send someone my key or anything like I am because I use I use GPG on the Mac. And so I, I export the key. Make sure this is the right and there's, key. There's the box that says include private key. And I'm like looking at it to make sure it's empty. And then I click right. OK. <laughs> and then I go and look at the actual file to make sure private's not in there. And then I yeah. send it. <laughs> I'm terrified I'm going to jack it up. It shouldn't even be an option. There should be no box to click, 
right? No, it should be like you a know. completely separate like. And it should give you like a, are you sure? Yeah. Are you friggin' no, sure? What it should, what it, what should happen when? I think it actually does. Didn't it on the command line? When you open up the the application to do all this and get your keys sorted out, you know, especially if you're on a Mac, it should just say uh, the first thing you see is. Are you an idiot? And you check yes. And then from that point, it doesn't allow you to do anything stupid after that. Right? Nothing. It just yeah. opens up angry birds and locks you out of everything else. <laughs> but I mean the other thing with the other thing with the Adobe one was that they also don't forget, they they didn't actually publish the passphrase for that key either. Right. So right. you know, it, it, it didn't take them very long to replace it anyway, take it down, whatever, and you know, rescind the key and do all that fancy stuff. But it wasn't, I, that's why I don't, it wasn't a huge problem. It was just illustrated, I think, that, that yes, there's lots of human error. Things can go wrong, and it doesn't matter how many kind of checks and balances you put in place. Sometimes stuff just happens. To borrow a Craig phrase, you know, at the end of the day, things just, you know, accidents happen at the end of the day. That's a, that's a Craig phrase. <laughs> at the end of the day. Oh, my God, at the end of the day? Craig says at the end of the day every three seconds. That's true. That's I mean, true. at the end of the day, the sun goes down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> come on. So, come on. Come on. Uh, we can, I think there's probably like some, we could spin this topic off for a while. Like it, it's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is I've been looking at the recent breaches is just complexity kills. Mm-hmm. Complexity yeah, will murder you. And, and it's more clear this year than ever before. And there's a lot of talk about how to lock down enterprises and the difficulty of dealing with, with shadow IT, which is where users do their own thing because you've locked them down so hard that they actively subvert your controls. Um, but you, like, if you go back and look at some of, some of the Sourcefire blogs, you'll see a concept that I had. Like, it was just called Matland, which was this magical oh boy. corporation that I invented where they were just completely maniacal about security and the way that if you were truly, truly like failure was zero option, the kind of things that you would have to do. And I don't think I ever addressed complexity in those. And I think that is key. Like you have got to, as part of your security strategy, actively, actively fight scope creep and tech debt and anything that contributes to complexity, because just like, you know, just to get that PGP key up on the web page, the steps that Joel took you through to get it up there, there's like five or six failure points on there that you have to worry about. And that's one page. Um, you look at some of the patching issues that we talked about this week. And, and part of the argument is people don't even know what they have. Right. You know, how are you going to defend what you don't understand? And that's not necessarily, it's not a failure necessarily of your security controls, but a failure to manage complexity. And I don't think a lot of people, there's not a lot of talk about managing complexity because we move so fast nowadays. And this is true even inside of Talos. We move so quickly nowadays that we don't think about, you know, the complexity that we're adding or the difficulty we're adding to the operations team or why it's more difficult to manage the network because you had this idea and now it's up and now it's production and now we're moving to the next thing we're inventing. And, oh, hey, that's a good idea. Let's put that out. And, Mm -hmm. hey, who came up with this? And what is this? And, you know, no one can at this point can anymore have a single overarching understanding of the environment. So your your complexity is murdering you in terms of your ability to protect yourself. Yeah, it it also um, means that you you spend an inordinate amount of time looking after various different things. The more complex it gets, um, 
you know, and, and like I said, yes, no one person can have that whole picture. Um, but it, it's kind of like the more things you have, uh, the more different teams you have, and everybody wants to do things their own way, right? To make life, I guess, easier for each team. If you if you imagine having, you know, half a dozen uh, development teams, and then each one of those teams ha- wants to um, use a different source code management system, for example. Let's say they all use, you know, yeah, we've ones. never run into that problem, right? And uh, you know, well, that means for for operationally, that means that there's six different source code repositories you have to look look after not just keep up to date but actually look after them and monitor them and you know make sure that they're all running correctly make sure that it's kind of trimmed make sure that everything the software itself is patched and then you start talking about the actual security of it so if you're looking at how do i make sure that that what's in here is good to go right so we don't have that supply chain problem etc Right, and that's just source code management. Then you, you know, then start talking about uh, build systems and how you get your your code to those build systems, and then everybody wants to use a different one again. And then no, and and then you start looking at you know how do I publish this information, right? And the, there's so many things, and we haven't even got close to thinking about databases yet, and how people want to use those, and they want to use different ones because of different features and this and that and the other, right? Things can get really, really complex very quickly, right? And you need to try and avoid that as much as possible, right? I'm not saying you can't have more than one, you know, source code repository if you want. I'm not saying you can have more than one uh, database system or whatever, right? But you have to think about you can't have half a dozen of each thing, right? You can't do that. You, You need to be really careful about how you do things and try and homogenize as much as possible, and so that it, it kind of lightens that load on your operations people and your security people because they all have to look after these things and maintain them and ensure that things are secure as much as possible, right? Make it a simple... Homogenize, what are you making? That's right, buddy, I am. Oh, God. <laughs> Chipper's back. He is. Don't you love it when Chipper jumps in? <laughs> I, I don't know how it even happens sometimes. But yeah, I mean, I just say it's, it's you, you need to keep things as simple as possible because things, you know, the complexity multiplies. And, and as soon as you start adding extra things, you know, it, it, it's it's like a, it gets more complex exponentially. All right. So keep it simple, like Mitchell. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's, that's always been my mantra. It's It has nothing to do with, you know, being stupid, it's just simple. <laughs> yeah, you're just ahead of I your like time security-wise. I with the, the droopy air vent. Mitch, right. Mitch Neff, security thought leader. He is indeed a security <laughs> thought leader. Mm. Can that oh, term oh. die? Oh, I hate that term. Oh, Please, dude, I've I seen, I saw a YouTube video oh, on like, how God. to be a thought did leader, it? and it was the funniest no. thing I've ever seen. It was like this guy doing like a TED-style oh. talk, and he's like, and I'm going to stop here and say three slow words. <laughs> <laughs> It just like if a person ever came to me and was like, "Hey, I'm blah blah. I'm a security thought leader. It's, get the out of my office. Like I'm not ever speaking to you about anything." <laughs> yep. All right, guys. How we usually close these off? We have uh, a, a good amount of time here already. Um, so I want to go back around the table one more time and get some closing thoughts for the week. Same order we did it in before. Uh, that makes you first, Craig. What's your parting shot? And please don't curse your team into the ER this afternoon. 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, I guess that is my parting thought. You know, this is the uh, the first time we've had uh, a get together in Austin where somebody didn't go to the ER. Uh, we were on a street. He just did exactly what you're not supposed to do. Holy crap. We haven't left town yet, Craig. What are you doing? <laughs> Terrible human being. All right, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, supply chain attacks are up. Matt? Off thought leaders. That's all that's in my head. Now I'm angry about thought leaders. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst kind of human. It's like, I, what, what's your goal? What's your goal? Oh, I want to be a security thought leader. No one gives a shit what you think. Go do something first, and then maybe we would understand that you have something to say. Yeah. Damn it. We will listen to you if you do. Yeah, go do something. Nigel. Um, keep it simple, right? I'm going to ignore the thought leader thing because that will make me more angry than you could possibly believe. Gonna... <laughs> Is that how we see your final form? Yeah. <laughs> just become a thought leader craig try it just try it i would be on the next plane to austin i'm gonna spend the next hour me. thinking about nigel's final four <laughs> just what that is <laughs> how many it? heads does nigel's final four do you have? see it yeah, can you see it good question can you see it <laughs> do you see it now joel uh, i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> i love you guys good night buddy good night buddy well, if that's not a great place to end an episode, I, I just don't know what is. Thank you. Thank you for joining us one more time here on Beers with Talos. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to hear what we have to say. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Leave us a rating while you're there. We love getting feedback. We love getting comments. And we love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at Talos Security. If you use the hashtag BWT, we'll be sure to see that. You can also reach us via email, good old-fashioned email, beerswithtalos at cisco.com. Drop us a line, let us know what's on your mind, uh, and maybe you'll hear something uh, show up in the next episode. So until next time, for me and the rest of the crew, thank you for joining us, and cheers. Cheers.